Welcome, boys and girls, to the Thanksgiving Day special of the Field of 68 Best Bets show. And yes, as you look into the screen, you see only two pretty faces today. Our beloved champion, Kai, is on the Big Bird out to Portland for some live in-person coverage of the PK-85. Shouts to Phil Knight and his 85th birthday. Continue to host awesome events every fifth interval of your birthday. Matt Cox hosting. Jim running a heavy off-guard duty today. Jimbo, thoughts on yesterday's slate? How you feeling? How's morale? Did you go out last night? Are you hungover? Where's the energy at today, et cetera? Fill us in. I, did, I didn't do much last night, Matt. I stayed home. I actually shot baskets for the first time since my ACL. Got track. shots. Got, good for you. Got better. Got some, uh, got some free throws in late last night. Can't jump still, but it's good. To, the, the stroke is still there. Stroke is still smooth. Um, takeaways yesterday. Arizona is legit. That team is really, really good. They just find ways to create good shots, particularly in transition. Creason and Ramey are great shot makers. And Matt. I think Ballo and Tubelas might be the best big man duo in the country. Yeah, they look Ballo great. Had they did. 30 and 13 yesterday. Yeah, that he was absurd. Awesome. Um, two other things. The fact that there were two 43 to 42 games between teams that are ostensibly good is very funny. Uh, it wasn't just like bad teams kind of playing in the mud. It was actually two, uh, four potential tournament teams, Northwestern and being kind. But yeah. Um, and then lastly, Matt, I am so glad. That UTEP doesn't play today because I am sick of their unders going into overtime and losing in horrendous ways. I'm I'm very upset with UTEP. Very upset with UTEP, but they're not playing today, so it's good. What are your takes? Mine on. Uh, I will be back in UTEP when they come up next in the docket. John, I'm sort of pretty peeved about that double OT under that ruined you and and me partially. Yeah. Um, yeah, just to piggyback off the 43-42 final in Auburn Northwestern, maybe the most shocking score I've seen all year. But I turn on the TV and I see that venue that they're playing at down there in the Riviera. It's it, horrendous. Like nobody's there. We need to cancel that MT. Um, yeah. On top the, of the that, Liberty the Liberty game was just as hideous. Like it, horrible all the games in that venue are bad. Yeah, we need to relocate that. We're, I'm out on that MT. So that's my kind of sour grapes takeaway. Um, I had some losers in that MT, so maybe that's why I'm whining about that. Uh, we're gonna bounce around today on the rundown. Uh, starting off in Portland, Oregon, the Pack Northwest. Jim, let's hop right into it, shall we? Uh, Alabama, Michigan State kicks us off. This is maybe my favorite uh, game I'm most looking for. Alabama, roll, damn, tide. And I'll just kind of spoil my take on this one right now. This is the side I love today. Um, I can't think of a play I like more just on a gut feel, a price perspective. You catch an Alabama who is net more healthy, uh, net healthier than Michigan State, who is going to be likely without Malik Hall today and Jaden Akins, their stud um, freshman. Now, Bama not has freshman. some injury. Not freshman. Sorry, sophomore. sophomore. Uh, yeah, rising sophomore, uh, the breakout candidate there amongst many Sparty fans. Alabama has some injury question marks as well. I know Don Welsh was questionable, but they're so deep, and that's what's impressed me so far about this Alabama team. Like, even last year with the injuries, they, didn't, they couldn't really withstand it. This year, they can't, and they're just rolling people uh, true to their mascot's name. Yeah, and, and I've been very impressed. You know, at least they went on the road and and got a test at South Alabama. It's like they're not as tested as Michigan State. Like they haven't gone against power competition yet. But I think playing in that hostile in-state environment gives them a little bit of a boost here. And yeah, you mentioned Hall and Akins. I think that's massive. That's two of Michigan yeah. State's top six players. They have ten scholarship guys total. And Colin Cooper isn't good, so I, I think they're really cut down in their depth here. And that's not really a team you want to have no depth against. Alabama's going to run you. They're going to play nine or ten. They bring Quinterly off the bench now, and he's just a seems like he's pretty solid. That's where in his he last thrives. Game. Yeah, he's super really, smart, really for impressive. Sure. Um, Brandon Miller's a beast, and Betty Ako is a match or more for Sissoko inside. I think that's going to be a good duel. But I, I would lean towards Betty Ako there. 
Matt, Alabama's my best bet, minus four. I, I just think the, the conflation of injuries and Alabama still being a little bit underrated, I think, perception-wise, because they haven't played a power conference team. I'm very in on the Stye team. I think they're going to kind of announce themselves to people today against the shorthand of Michigan State team. Minus four, best bet. I love it. I got a little bit of three last night. It's minus four across the board. I would still lay minus four. I took some money line at minus three and a half because I was snoozing, kind of slept in this morning, hit the snooze button too many times. I just had that. I just think they win. Now, I'd like to be getting a little bit cheaper of a number, but I'd still lay four, maybe take a little first half, a little minus two and a half. And I think the tide come out blitzing. Uh, a little bit of money line too. I think it's up to minus 170. I'm just kind of putting my eggs in all of the tide investment baskets today. I'm with you. Um, nothing more to add. Let's go fighting Nate Oates. Let's deliver for us today. Thank you. Um, game number two, staying out West at the PK 85. Xavier, Florida, Jimbo. Two coaches we like, we respect. Todd Golden. Um, we're probably overly biased towards uh, his organization out there. Um, and then Xavier, obviously. Sean Miller, um, looking to find that marquee win after they failed to do so at home against Indiana last week. What are you looking at in this matchup? Made this right about a pick. It's about a pick. It, the one thing that I think bothers me is I don't think Florida can shoot at all. I think they're really perimeter bereft, uh, unfortunately. And Sean Miller's going to play kind of pack line-esque. He's going to force him to shoot over the top. That's a problem for Florida. I think Xavier's a little more dynamic and versatile offensively, uh, as great as I think Florida is defensively with Castleton as the anchor. I think Xavier's got some options to move him around, stretch him out. Nunji and Fremantle can get versatile on the perimeter, pull him away from the rim and open up driving lanes. So I'm kind of leaning Xavier here, Matthew. Um, Their their core is more cohesive after last year. I know they had a coaching change, but a lot of these guys have been there. Whereas this is a Florida team with a lot of turnover, a lot of change, still getting sorted out. I mean, Florida State is down 15 and a half to Siena, and Florida was down 17 and a mm-hmm. half to Florida State. Like that, that is alarm bells. They also lost at home to FAU. They're not the finished product we hope they might be. I, I'm I'm leaning Xavier here, but I don't have any value on the number at this point. I did take Florida on a small gut play. Uh, mm-hmm. I lit my smallest play today. The there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't, why it stinks. Uh, you mentioned Florida State being down early is a rather, um, you know, the alarm bells are ringing when you look at just that segment of the game. But then you can also kind of spin that in the other side of the coin, completely dominated the second half, came out with energy, defended like gangbusters. And I think they're just ready to kind of maybe build off that game before Florida Atlantic. Yeah, you don't lose it home to Florida Atlantic, but Florida Atlantic this year is like the best team in that program's history. They're loaded with talent. So even that loss, it's like, I don't think it's like an embarrassing home loss by any means. I mean, they're going to beat some power conference teams if they have opportunities. So I keep going back and forth on this Florida team. I'm still trusting my preseason prior gut notion that they're good. And um, I think they just have the slight edge in this one and what feels like a pretty, uh, you know, a pick game. You're right. The size up front does concern me, but Florida's got that to, to negate. So I think they battle there. Give me the Gators. Yeah, my, my guy Nunji, my my older brother or younger brother, but bigger brother yeah. Nunji, taking on Castleton. That, that's a really fun matchup of two versatile, skilled bigs that I like a lot. Looking for Trey Bottom to be a difference maker today for Florida. He's one of my favorite newcomers on that squad. He kind of had a little breakout game, so keep an eye on him. Uh, we're going to pivot out of PK85 territory, heading down to Paradise, Jimbo, where your buzz cut Badgers are taking on. Oh, sorry. We have an outline amendment. Asterisk, my fault, hand up. That game is currently pending. If you want to bet second half, do we have a second half taking that game, Jim? Low scoring so far, Kansas, yeah, Wisconsin. Pace is pretty slow. I would probably lean towards the under if they can get under, it started already. It's, it's, ah, wide bet under. Second. There you go. 
Okay, so the amended outline uh, we are talking about. Who again? Sorry, Jim, remind me. I'm, my notes just uh, NC State Dayton. My... We did we did go over this four minutes before we got four times. Here, but, uh, yeah, my NC notepad State is Dayton. currently buffering in air. God, why does it do that? Yes, NC State Dayton. Dayton offense disgusting. Um, poor me for overly running to back them when both you and Kai brought up all of the valid concerns with this team. They haven't been healthy all year. Haven't been practicing yet. Their offense has been completely slowed i mean not by great defenses by good defenses and i think that's just a function of not practicing not playing defense was tremendous as i correctly appraised i just didn't think they'd score only 42 points against wisconsin's i mean i guess decent but not overly vaunted defense question is can they score against nc state's defense um definitely a step down from wisconsin's d and i think they have enough firepower you would think to at least score 50 or 60 i don't know what's this game feel like to you jim it's like a low ugly scoring game and i think dayton squeaks it out it's it's a weird tempo clash, right? Because NC State wants to run, run, run. I mean, I watched their game against FIU. It was barely basketball. It was just kind of like, ah, hey, you're on that end. You take a shot. We'll grab it. We'll run to the other end. Like most of the time, two guys wouldn't even cross half court. It was, it was barely basketball. Uh, but they played a little more organized, stable yesterday against Kansas. Wasn't quite, quite the same kind of track meet. And yeah, Dayton seems like they want to slow it into the mud. They want to play half court so they can play through Kamara. They can play through Holmes inside. NC State, not as stout in the interior. I'm not a huge Dusan Mohorchich guy. Never really have been. I'm not either. Uh, so Dayton, I think big advantage in the paint. I think we get kind of a Dayton bounce back here. I was surprised this number was minus two and a half, minus three initially. Um, so I, I took Dayton for a little bit, still minus three at Bet Rivers. Uh, I, I lean their way. I, I think they were kind of taken out of their game by a very disciplined Wisconsin yep. team. That's a good point. And you know what? NC State is not Matt disciplined they are not nope. disciplined at all i think dayton can out execute them and out, out physical the wolf pack i agree i think nc state is more disciplined than last season i think they're improved up front defensively from last season but it's still it's a um you know quantum downgrade from what you saw with wisconsin and stephen kroll and those guys up front so yeah i think dayton has an easier time scoring at the rim which at this point that's the only place you can rely on them to score i think they're shooting uh, dearth is a real concern not just near term um as they get healthier but long term as well we'll see how that pans out uh, last game here before we get to chat mob staying in Atlantis, uh, USC against Tennessee. I had a big old wager on Butler and Tennessee reminded me that they took Gonzaga to the woodshed in an exhibition. Um, and they've basically been a juggernaut all year, save that weird Colorado result, which I still can't quite wrap my head around. Tennessee's good. Jim, I think you, I'm going to steal the point you brought up pre, uh, pre tip here. Okay, fine. I'll let you save it. But here's my Tennessee take. Zakai Ziegler is such a fulcrum of this team. Like if he's playing confident and he looks good and he's engaged and not taking dumb shots, attacking the defense, um, putting pressure on the defense in transition and in the half court, moving the ball around. I think he's such a critical piece. And when he's on this Tennessee team is man, tough to stop. Yeah. He's like the tone setter guy with the way he pressures the ball and, and his, if he's like you said, not taking bad shots offensively, it's great for them. Uh, yeah. The point you alluded to their three point rate over their first four games Against Tennessee Tech, 68% of their field goal attempts were threes. Yikes. Against Colorado, 59%. So, all right, we're starting to come down a little bit. Uh, and then against Florida Gulf Coast, 41. And against Butler, 28. Only 28% of their three or, uh, field goal attempts were threes. They're starting to get the ball inside more. They're playing through Plavsic a little bit. Like, he's actually looking really good. He's got a little floater half-hook game to him. I like that they're pounding it inside. But, Matt, there was no Josiah Jordan-James yesterday. Yeah. I think that's a problem. And USC is a stout interior defense. I know Butler should have been too with Manny Bates, but with with Josh Morgan and some of the size that they have, 
I think this one's a little high. I'm not super amped to back Andy Enfield against Rick Barnes, but look, Andy Enfield took down Mark Pope yesterday, playing some zone, completely yep. mystified BYU. I was rather impressed by that. And I think the guard matchup here is even enough. Like Boogie Ellis was sensational yesterday. Reese Dixon Waters gave him a little bit. I kind of like USC, Matt, where the current number is, but I wouldn't bet it big just because of the coaching matchup. I took USC small as well. I just thought the number is too high. Um, I think it's a real worry that Tennessee is actually awesome, like top five good. And if they continue the way they played yesterday, um, I'm going to lose that bet. And I'm going to quickly adapt my perception on this Tennessee team, which is, again, just slightly skewed by that weird Colorado game that I just cannot just burn in my brain. It was so gross and I hated it. But I think they've made the right adjustments. I think the uh, calling out Zakai Ziegler, reeling him back in as like a team leader, not like a you know, star alpha type of player is going to be huge for that team. Um, nothing further there, Jim. Chat mob, round one. A lot of chatter as I look over my uh, my second monitor up here. Matt, you're starting, you're starting in the muck. The only extra game of the day, Pete K oh, yeah. had to ask. IUPUI in New Orleans from down in the bayou. What do you got? Uh, I guess I lean New Orleans because IUPUI is IUPUI. They did get Bryce Monroe back last game, who I think is the only player that kind of matters to that roster. Uh, but they had him back last game and it didn't matter. So I don't know. Maybe the second game back, he's better. It matters more. Who knows? Damn, don't bet this game. Come on. I, I sort of like under, but New Orleans plays fast. I, I just think IUPUI tries to slow everything down. I, I would lean that way. But again, yeah, like don't don't over index yourself on IUPUI New Orleans. Uh, Maddie, Ted Evans asking about Washington and St. Mary's. I'll just give my quick thoughts. I saw the spread. My eyes kind of bugged out like. I think St. Mary's is awesome. I'm not a huge fan of Washington, but I saw 11 on the opener, Matthew. That seems high, right? It's it's really high, um, especially for what totals 128. It's going to be a big, it feels like a mountain to climb in such a low scoring game. But I feel like we say that narrative about every St. Mary's game and they still suffocate the opposing team's offense and they score they, they enough are, to cover. They are a Sherpa. They are an expert right. at climbing those mountains. <laughs> they're they're kind of like the Virginia, it's the Virginia model, right? The crockpot. And the, the numbers look big. The spreads look big when you think about their offense playing in slow motion, but the defense is so damn good. And you know they're going to take away Washington's uh, bread and butter on offense. That's just what Randy Bennett does. He attacks the other team's best player and he makes other guys make plays and takes you out of what you want to do. So I would not fade Randy Bennett against Mike Hopkins. I think the price yeah, is three points too high, but... Maybe that I should be appraising that a part of my own number. Who knows? Hopkins versus uh, Bennett is that's it's tilted. Yeah. It's tilted one way for Scales. sure. Uh, Matt, I think both of you and, and I have a lean here. Uh, Butler and BYU. It seems like BYU butler. is kind of trending I'm down. Stubborn. Yeah, it's the Butler. It's the Butler for us. BYU struggling. Uh, butler, I think, takes on a team in its own athleticism and weight class. I mean, Tennessee just has some like. Big ass dude. Like they look like a JV team compared to Tennessee out there. BYU doesn't have that same in, intimidating. They're good up front, but they're not like, you know, 6'10 physical action figure specimens that Tennessee boasts. So I think that helps. Agreed. Um, all right. How about over in London? I'll take this one from Ryan Abramowitz, Northeastern and Manhattan. This one has been bet up, unsurprisingly. Uh, I think people are out on Manhattan after all their turmoil right at the start of the season. Uh, Northeastern does not bring Chris Doherty with them. Their star or starting center had a concussion. It wasn't cleared to fly to London. It's kind of a bummer for him. But they did get Joe Pridgen back last game, former UNC Wilmington piece. I think he's really valuable. The refrigerator, as I call him. Uh, I think adding him to their freshman nucleus and, and some of the more stable pieces. I, I like Northeastern, but 
tough to recommend it where it's at now. I think it's moved three points. So be careful there if you go that direction. Major unknowns on both sides for me. I just can't bet that. I just don't know enough about either team. Matt, Ken Ray wonders, does Gonzaga score 1,000 against Portie State? Team total over 95.5. They're 28.5-point favorites. They've taken a little money. How badly do they blow out the Vikings? Uh, yeah, Portland State's relentless pressure is such a recipe for disaster, um, especially against Gonzaga's backcourt, which it's not as good as years past, but it's still Gonzaga's backcourt, and they're still going to, I think, hang 90 easy on this team. I don't know. I, I stayed away, Jim. I feel like there's a small, small chance that Portland State comes out super energized and like the their speed and their length maybe bothers Gonzaga for like a half, but I don't know. It's just like a stupid worry of mine. If I'm looking, yeah, at I just I, if you're inferior to Gonzaga and you run with them, good luck, good good luck. That is that is my that is my message on that one. All right, Matt, let's go back to the rundown. I'll continue collecting. I know we've got Denver, Citadel, Oklahoma, Nebraska, plenty of other ones to hit. We'll get them in the the second chat portion, but let's hit the rundown again. Back to Portlandia we go. Um, kind of a semi-home game here for the Oregon Ducks, who will be quasi-hosting uh, Connecticut, making the cross-country trip. Uh, Mr. Hurley coming in with a healthier backcourt, a pretty key getting Jordan Hawkins and um, other guard. Why can't I think of names today? This is terrible. Um, Jim, Jackson. Just get back. Jackson, thank you. Up front's where I'm looking at this matchup, though, Jim. I think Oregon has really rebranded themselves this year as like, we're going to play through and follow Dante and our bigs are the strength of our team, especially when you consider the fact that Oregon's backcourt is completely decrepit right now. Um, so I think that's the edge for UConn. This can actually have a healthy backcourt and Oregon doesn't. Yep. They're going way different directions in terms of health, like completely sliding past each other, two ships passing in the night there. Matt, I think Connecticut has the potential to be kind of sleeping giant-esque this year. We're like, somebody that was fringe top 25 that is actually top 10 good. We haven't seen them tested. Like that is a reactionary take to them blowing out bad uh, competition, but the talent is there. They're huge. You can see how this team would be awesome based on having a star inside some versatile guard pieces. I like what they did in the portal. Uh, Nahim Aline, I think was a terrific ad for them. And even Hassan Diara kind of like under the radar. They have so much depth because of what they did in the portal. I I like UConn here. Uh, I just, I'm I'm waiting to see them on this bigger stage, Matt, because I think they could have like the breakout like, like Arizona last year was, oh my God, this roster's talented, but we don't know about the coach. I know we still have those questions with Dan Hurley, but I think the ceiling is really, really high with UConn. I agree with that. Um I, I look at what they did in the MTE last year. Didn't they play they beat Auburn in double OT, right? And we found out quickly how good Auburn was. So I, I think they're at that. I'm sort of looking at this point in time now to last year and I see a similar archetype to this season. Now last year, you kind of struggle a little bit late. They had some injuries. If they get healthy and stay healthy, I think they continue to climb. Uh, maybe this is the first inflection point on that journey where Oregon is so very clearly doing the Dana Altman. We'll be good in March. We're not good right now. Will We're they? injured right now. Know, you know, but also, yeah, who, who knows this year? I think it could be sort of a, maybe they're just not that good. Um, but I've mentioned a couple people in the chat saying how good Dante was against Houston. I agree. Dante's like fully manifested his potential um it's just a shame that he has no help this year and he's kind of playing with the walking wounded um i mean he and Ware can be like a a dominant duo in there they're both seven feet they're both like kind of skilled and and mobile but it's will richardson and not a lot else on their guards and i've i've said multiple times i'm not a not a quincy garrier guy yeah he's i think a little banged up too so uh all right next game here staying out in the pk 85 this next game and we should have been prefacing this maybe it's not a big deal this one's actually played memorial coliseum it's like the smaller venue just 
across the street from the Moda where the Trailblazers play. Um, you may have seen it if you watch Summer League, if you're a true degenerate in the offseason. But Purdue, West Virginia, two great coaches here, Jim. That's the obvious headline. Matt Painter, Bob Huggins. I think both are kind of steering their respective ships pretty well so far this season with pretty seismic roster turnover. The key X factor I wrote down in my notes, David Jenkins for Purdue. Had a really nice outing last game. I think Painter really expected a lot of him. Um, off to a slow start. I think he was injured. Played very well against Marquette. I think he gives a, a huge boost in the backcourt, some inside-out balance. Um, but I didn't play this game, all things said. I think this this spread's about right at minus two. Purdue, thoughts? Yeah, I got a little minus one, and I, I like that. I took Purdue at minus one, but minus two, it's, it's close enough to a pick to me. Um, I made it close enough to a pick that I wouldn't recommend minus two. But I, I do like that Purdue has seen Marquette's pressure already. It's not like this press Virginia will be like, oh, my God, what, what is what is this yeah. full-court pressure? We're not used to this. Uh, they were pretty solid in that game. And I think Edie's going to be a problem. I know West Virginia's got a huge, huge front court. Uh, but I, I just I think Edie is still somebody they can play through. And they run that motion around outside and you get open jumpers that way. You mentioned Jenkins. He was out because he got like clobbered in the face in practice and had a broken nose, I think, or, or concussion type symptoms. But he seems good to go. Yeah, Purdue had six turnovers against Marquette's pressure. If they turn the ball over less than 10 times here, they're winning. So uh, I think that's something to watch, but I was already impressed with their freshman guards there. Granted, this is away from home, but I, I still lean towards Purdue, Maddie. I'm not fully sold on West Virginia yet. They blew up Pitt. It's Pitt. Yeah, I know. Pitt's basically just beating bad teams. That's all they've done. Although Pitt's not really been healthy all year. But anyway, I'm with you. I'm not super impressed by that. Um, oh, yeah. Even though I do Virginia like this. smashed Penn, but no Jordan Dingle. Like, I Right. And Penn's non-con has been basically like they've been playing every other day. So I, I agree with you. I think West Virginia is, I still, I believe in this team, but the results all have slight asterisks next to them where it's like, I don't have the proof behind my preseason pudding, if that makes sense. Like, I think they're good, but they haven't done anything to really solidify it or say, haha, look, they're good. Um, I don't know. I kind of went back and forth in this game. I wanted to take uh, West Virginia if the line climbed, but it hasn't. So I'm going to be a spectator for that one as well. Next game. Staying in Portlandia, well, uh, Iowa State Villanova is next up on the outline. Yes, it is. First thing that comes to mind is ugly, low scoring, pace, so slow. I, man, I'm not going to really watch. I don't really want to watch this game. I'm being honest. Um, total is at what? Mid 120s, I believe. Yeah, it came down. Right? I, I think I got a little 130 around open. It's 126 right now. Yeah, five points down. That makes a ton of sense to me. Um, just Villanova wants to play so slow and they want to execute uh, I worry about Villanova's guards handling ISU's backcourt pressure, um, like specifically Archie, uh, baby Archie. I mean, I know Daniels and the other wings are veterans and they can handle it, but I think Archie could be potentially exposed by Iowa State's fierce perimeter um, pressure. Thoughts? I know he will be exposed by their intense <laughs> perimeter pressure. He's not good, and he's playing against a really intense Iowa State perimeter defense that they can extend as much as they want because they've got Shun on the back line. They've got Hassan Ward at the rim, like two of the better shot blockers in the country. So I, that Iowa State defense against inexperienced backcourt or just incapable backcourt in Mr. Arch, that's a problem. Um, I, I think Iowa State should get some runout baskets because of the turnovers they'll force. It's Villanova is just not settled yet. I, Cam Whitmore, I don't think is back yet from his thumb injury. They've been saying like no timeline, and I would I would be surprised if he was a shocker reveal that he's good to go here. I kind of like Iowa State, Matt, and like I said, I took the under at a slightly higher number, uh, but I, I think it's still probably decent at 126. Not a home run bet anymore, but it, decent. 
I would lean that way. I just don't know much about Iowa State yet because um, they've played IUPUI. Great. NCANT was actually a pretty impressive blowout. Like that's a team of some talent to win by 37. They beat, uh, I think, depleted Milwaukee team by 15. Yeah. I, so I, it's just, I don't know. I, I think Iowa State's really good. I think they do match up well here. I just didn't have enough uh, enough known intel for me to feel confident about betting it. Just remember uh, yeah. what Iowa State did in the non-con last year. They covered right, like right. every game. They went undefeated, twelve and zero. I, I, MT, yeah, that's a good point. You look at uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Oates's, sorry, Mr. Otz's MTE record. Xavier whomped him last year. Memphis whomped him. Iowa won by twenty at home. Won at Creighton by six. Yeah, they were a juggernaut uh, before the turn of the calendar year. Yep. Uh, we're going to change venues here for our next game on the outline: Seton Hall versus Memphis. Orlando, kind of a fun little, yeah. That's right. ESPN events or invitational Shaheen Holloway versus Penny Hardaway. A situation like kind of interesting handicap here. I think both teams are a little bit banged up health wise, um, but I think both teams are fierce defensively. My first thought was under, under, under. Um, I think the side, the price on the side is pretty accurate with Memphis laying, uh, what is it, two now, open two, it hasn't moved. So it seems like the market agrees with the open. One and a half Jim, at Bet Rivers. One, one and a half, half at Bet Rivers. I, Seton, huh? I, I got a little two and a half of Seton Hall, Matt. I, I think this is a pick It's a Pirates live for Jim. So I'll take the extra basket. This is also one where I, I think you can compare it to Utah, Mississippi State, where it's like both these teams are under teams. Both these teams are defense first. I would certainly lean that way where I think there's a compounding factor where they kind of like out try to out defense each other. Uh, though Memphis's defense has been a little vulnerable, like SLU kind of lit him up. Yep. Vanderbilt got close to one point per possession against them. Uh, they just looked great against VCU, who had no ace Baldwin. So I, I don't totally know what this Memphis team is yet. They brought in a lot of grad transfers, old guys that are D1 experience, but not experienced together. Uh, and as much as I don't want to be against Kendrick Davis here, I just think Seton Hall's a little more uh, figured out right now. Uh, they do get Dre Davis back. He missed last game, but he's supposed yeah, to be he's available big. today. I think he's really good. And yep. I think Holloway is awesome. I think there's a little coaching edge for for Seton Hall here as well. So uh, kind of like Seton Hall, but one and a half dicey. Still kind of like the under as well, Matthew. Yeah, I still believe Memphis's, de- Memphis's defense. But the one thing that Hardaway mentioned in his presser, which I kind of, part of me was like, eh, excuse, but also maybe some validity to it. They are older. They're not quite as deep as they have been in the past. And he said there's a lot of guys nursing some minor injuries. So like they don't qu- they don't quite have like that real exuberant, we're gonna get after you and defend you with 110% energy. Like they still do that to a degree, but it's not quite as um revved up to eleven as I think we saw in, in, in Spurts last season. So I kind of agree with that slight concern that you mentioned. Uh that concludes our outline. Hefty chat mob Ryan, final round section coming up. Let's go. Uh, we're going to start with North Carolina, Portland. It's coming up, I think, in a half hour. Uh, the first one to tip out in PK80. Matt, what do you got here? The heels, your hated heels, taking on Shantae Leggins and the Pilots. Yeah, North Carolina doing that weird non-con, we don't really care thing that they did last season. Um, it sounds like Hubert Davis challenged them defensively, and they responded last game, I guess. I don't quite buy it, and I think Portland is a brutal team to prepare for. Uh, Leggins' teams are just tough to prepare for in general. However, there's a major talent and size and athleticism gap. I think Baycock could have like 25 rebounds in this game. If you're looking to bet props, I would take the Baycott over on rebounds. I think he gets 20 easy. Yeah, this it's 12 at Ken Palm, but it's been bet out from 14 to 15. I think people know that North Carolina is a little undervalued in those rankings sitting at 17th. Like no one thinks they're the 17th best team in the country. Even I don't think they're the 17th best team in the country. 
when they turn it on, like they did late against Charleston, like they did yep. most of the time against James, James Madison. Madison. It's like, yeah, this okay. I see the gear that this team can get to. And you think national TV, Portland, PK 80, big featured stage here. They'd be as locked in as you could be. Maybe they're sleepy at the start, but I, I think eventually they kind of grind down and, and wear down this Portland team. It's kind of thin and small up front. Yep. I want to see the pilot faithful come out in big numbers today. That I, I hope so, man. Nearby for them. The case, but... uh, all right, Matt, how about Denver in the Citadel? Pat Taylor and a couple others asking about this one. Uh, a neutral site. This one's down in New Orleans. Both teams playing a back-to-back. What do you see here? Uh, the line felt a little short on the opener. It's been bet up from minus one and a half. Denver, now they're laying two to three. Ah, tough one for me, Jim. I think over kind of feels good. It's been bet down, so the market must see something different. Um, but I think both teams score most efficiently in transition. So I think this one has a lot more points than it looks like the market is expecting. Yeah, I've been low on the Citadel most of the year and have been right a couple times, like when Butler blew them way out. Uh, yeah, but I was also wrong yesterday against New Orleans. So sometimes uh, you got to take the goat to bad. I would lean towards Denver. I just think they're more talented. But Ed Conroy's done a pretty solid job with with the Citadel so far. Yeah, he has done a pretty good job there. I agree. All right, Maddie, you love Nebraska ball. You love Hoiberg. Ethan nope, Wright's I don't anymore. About so much in Oklahoma. Oh, you really? You're out. Yeah, uh, the, so much. The market shares. agrees with you. They have bet Oklahoma up here from about four, four and a half up to six, six and a half. Do you agree with that movement? Is there any value where it's at now? Uh, I don't know. I I looked at this line for a while. I was like, did feel a little bit high for an Oklahoma team that is certainly not the most dynamic or explosive or reliable on offense, but I think their defense can completely take away Nebraska until Derek Walker plays for Nebraska. I'm just not interested in betting this team. I think they miss his presence up front. So, yeah, I just, I don't like the health issues. Like they, they don't say if it's an ankle, if it's, it's illness, weird, very cryptic. Yep. Wrist, yeah. They're, they're, they've been really vague, which makes me concerned that it's something serious, but um, hopefully he gets back on the floor soon. Uh, Matt Vandy and Fresno, uh, specifically Tim Kafer asked about the under. I guess he he did yeah. specifically to me. Uh, yeah, I would think so. Back to back with these two, Isaiah Hill missed yesterday for Fresno, one of their more important shot creators. That game was hideous against Washington. I think this one's hideous and even a little slower. Unfortunately, Vandy and St. Mary's did go over yesterday. My best bet took an L, but uh, I I got to stand by it. I think this one's ugly, gross, slow down. You have my permission to bet the under there. Yeah, down to 126. I kind of lean Fresno, even though um, Hill might be out today at plus four. I don't know why. I just feel like that's to be close to a pick. I, I'm, I think Vandy's kind of a sell for right for me right now. Okay, I would I would have taken Vandy at like two. I think it's about right where it's at. Right okay. Now. Hmm. Um. Okay, Matt. I think that's everything except for a couple games that we are putting into the best bet section. But before we get to best bets, Matt, we need your take on Thanksgiving food. We've got a couple questions in the chat about favorite dish. Brandon Gilden, uh, a longtime chat mobber, says this is the first time he's gotten to watch this year. What's your favorite dish, Matthew? Oh, welcome. Uh, Canceling turkey, enabling ham. We're trying to replace turkey with ham. That's kind of my first motion for Thanksgiving as the main course. And then you round out the edges with sides, any casserole play, um, anything that you can like get like a like a corn mashed potato type of concoction mixture. I like to have that going. A little broccoli casserole, a little pineapple casserole, a little carrot casserole. It's all pineapple money. I'm casserole. just huh. Yeah, pineapple casserole plays. I just I'm out on dessert though. I think the pies are I think most pies are bad and I think pumpkin pie is the worst pie among all pies available. So yeah, I'm not a big Thanksgiving dessert guy either. The one thing I really love that growing up it kind of became like our family specialty is we brought these Parker House rolls 
And I know that feels like, oh, you're filling your stomach with rolls on Thanksgiving. That seems like a waste of space. They're delicious. They're so good. Uh, buttery. Big, big fan of those. But those the, those I like treat as dessert. Like I eat my turkey, my mashed potatoes. Love green bean casserole. Love sweet potato casserole. Very out on um, cranberry sauce, Matt. I just never have it. I don't want it. Keep it away from me. Uh, I, I doused it on turkey great. just to just to spruce up the turkey, I guess. Oh, but yeah, I'm with you. Oh, I, I'm all I'm all gravy on turkey, man. Just uh, let me swim in it. Get the mashed potato pool going. Dip your dip your, dip your turkey into there. Um, interesting. You're a, you're a ham over turkey. Ham's Christmas. Yes. Ham. Yeah, I think that's that's what most people do. I've, it, I some people serve both. Like and some people do like a little turducken kind of medley of sorts, which I also am here for. I just don't think turkey deserves to be the standalone meat. I think turkey's on the uh, the way out. White meat or dark it. meat dark for sure no oh, i'm full less Do healthy like, more fat white meat dump some gravy on it doesn't matter what's in there you're just eating gravy at that point i yeah, love it well, that's, that's, that's perfect fair. uh matt we, we barely oh, sorry hey just real quick i shouldn't be uh as i show my mug to the camera here not even intentionally tomorrow foreshadowing megan and harry as our yanks take on the fighting three lions do we think yeah, we prevail jim we are gonna smash them three to one matt how about that I don't know how we're scoring three goals. It's a one-one draw. It it's a one-one draw filled with uh, English chances that are uh, that go awry. That's, that's that's what I say. Far more realistic than what I'm putting out there, but I love it. Um, yeah, we didn't mention stuffing, Matt. Are you in on stuffing? Out on stuffing? Yeah, not really. Not a big stuffing guy. I think it's headed to it's it's overplayed. I always have a little on my plate. I get to it, but it's not like a I can't wait to have it type right. of thing. It's fine. All right, replacement. Let's, Let's hit best bets, Matthew. I'll start with Kai's uh, because he is in the sky flying out to Portland. Kai from the sky is on Duke minus 21 and a half. And he says, I have permission to say, and I quote, they're going to pound the beaver. So uh, that's, hmm. that's your, uh, your euphemism for the day. Uh, I, I think he's probably right here. I think Duke can win by as many as they want. Oregon state is Florida state, Georgetown, Cal, Louisville level bad, unfortunately. Uh, it's it's bleak for them right now. How do you feel about your Devils? I think if Wayne Tinkle wasn't coaching for Oregon State, I would love them. But I know Tinkle is like devising five different defenses to do weird things to confuse Duke today. That's going to bother Duke. I, I just think Duke's offense is somewhat thwarted by Tinkle's bag of tricks. And it's going to be annoying. It's like going to be a trip to the dentist for Duke today. So that's why I didn't land. That's my only concern. But talent-wise, can... it's like... There isn't a big a bigger chasm between two power conference schools in the country. There really isn't. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, how about your best bet, Matthias? You haven't revealed it yet. Landshark, Ole Miss, Kermit Davis, and the boys laying one. I believe it's still one, correct? Painted across, and I believe Bet Rivers, our fine sponsor, has it still sitting there. If so, if it's I'm sorry, if it's at one and a half, I would take money line. But if it's at one, just go ahead and take the one. I think the better team today. I'm not in on the Stanford team. And Ole Miss is slightly more talented than I think meets the eye. I know they're going to be without Deshaun Ruffin today, but their young guards have really stepped up without him. Kermit Davis has gotten a lot of his or gotten his wings and forwards to really defend at a high level. They're just looking more like the Ole Miss team I thought I'd see preseason. I'm just in on this team. So Ole Miss minus one point or you know, pretty simple for me. Matt, I'm giving you a pick. You will win if it is Oof. on minus one. Bet Rivers Perfect. is offering plus 0.5 for minus one fourteen. So I guess you could have plus 0.5, and if they call it a tie, you would win. But I think you're just going to take the is, money line. That's yeah, at the State Harm Fieldhouse, there is there a risk of uh, like power outage. So you maybe you want to you want to you want some value on the the draw there. I don't know. Yeah, just go ahead and take take money line. Yeah, take money line. Uh, okay, so Matt's almost money line. Mine was Alabama minus four. As a reminder, I think big time coming out party for this Nate Oates squad that is 
far more 2020-21 than last year's team. Uh, and Michigan State, very, very injured right now. Malik Hall is a big loss. Yeah. Matt, that wraps it up. That's our Turkey Day 2, man. Anything else you want to add to the people? Uh, I'll let you close it out as the host. The only thing I will add is I will not be here tomorrow. I will be on the road back to Chicago. Jim will be running two-man ship with Mr. McKeon, who will be broadcasting from Portland. How fun. Uh, maybe Leanna can fill in for my uh, fill in for my spot for a it's few a minutes. It's a good thing that we has a rock like me to be here That's for right. all these two-man Our shows, beacon. Matt. <laughs> our beacon, and we appreciate your service. And we appreciate all you who joined us, your service and watching and contributing on a daily basis. Join us tomorrow. Good luck on your bets today. I hope you're betting wisely and smartly and um, and happy giving your attention and happy Thanksgiving and give your, your friends and family the attention they deserve. Quit looking at your phone and checking scores all day. I know it's tempting, but don't do that. Uh, come back tomorrow. I won't be here, but Kai and Jim will. Until that time, see you.